the reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg. I'm Rob Steele. No, we haven't forgotten about you. Yes, we've been gone for the past couple of weeks because, uh, you know, illness Stuff. occurs. No, it's not COVID. We know better than – have we ever been within six feet of each other at any point anyway? Hmm. <clears throat> I don't believe we've been within 600 miles of each other at any point. Black. Yeah, I, I'm not going to get 600, but yeah, it, it's 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 <clears> – <throat> This internet thing is weird. Yeah. It is weird. But we've got some, we're going to kind of go light on the news, but we do have some news. Uh, I think the best news I've heard in the past couple of weeks is that Netflix finally got off their ass and said that Ghost in the Shell uh, 2045 Part 2 is actually coming next year. It's about time, you pricks. It only came out, what, two (laughs) years ago. But it's finally coming. Yay. Don't leave us on a cliffhanger like that. It pisses me off. But. <laughs> Took a while. It did. But, I mean, that's that came out about the same time. And this really throws me off. That Disney Plus came out. Disney Plus is celebrating its second anniversary already. It doesn't feel like it's been out that long. It doesn't, does it? I, I was thinking a year. And I, when I saw the thing that said their second anniversary, I went, it can't be second. First, maybe. That's got to be a typo. No, it's their second year. And That's so they put, out a, they put out a big celebration thing with a lot of uh, upcoming videos, including a 20-minute – what is it? A 20-minute trailer for uh, the Marvel stuff. And you, yep. I'll, I'll, I'm giving you full credit on this. You counted how long it was um, at the beginning of this video of – Crap, we've already seen. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Seven what? minutes and 30 to 40 seconds of recap of their previous series, which admittedly the recap is cool, but uh, I've seen it and the recap <laughs> is nice, but they could have done that in like 30 seconds to lead into the new stuff because you think, oh my God, I'm going to get 20 minutes. Of s-. It's like, no, you're not getting 20 minutes of trailer. Sorry. The trailers and that teasers one. that are there, though, are excellent. No, you're the not. I am looking forward most to of most of the shows don't even have teasers. Yeah, that's true. Um, Moon Knight does, though. I I am really I was looking forward yes. to Moon Knight anyway. Yeah, I have been too. And I, I, we talked about it before that Oscar Isaac taking the role, great move. I love that. And from the teaser, this looks like it's going to be great. Actually, you know what? We can probably say roles. Yeah, because he, 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 he the character has multiple personalities. <clears throat> yeah, he may have four roles in this in this uh, series. So, so I'm good. Depends with that. how many of the depends how many of the characters that they uh, they use. But uh, he'll have I'm sure he'll have at least three, if not all four. And we get a voiceover from Ethan Hawke, who is most likely the the big bad. Although they still haven't established, or they've established, they just haven't told everyone else. Who he's going to be playing. So that was really, really cool. Uh, and literally, it's what, 30 seconds? If that, then I mean, that's a great, great team. I'm not even sure it's that long. But perfect. It does exactly what it's supposed to do. Gets you amped up for the show. It should be terrific. Right in the middle of that, the, these, <clears throat> the three I'm going to mention uh, She Hulk. Where they show us, yes, the show is going to exist, and that's and here's some green some green calves. Yes, yes, indeed. 
Yes, so we get, mean, to see, we get to see the uh, young lawyer in her normal form, and we get to see her, most, most of her, as She-Hulk. And we get to see Mark Ruffalo, two different versions of Bruce. We see the Smart Hulk version of Bruce. We also see the regular Bruce Banner version of Bruce with a completely healthy right arm. Also interesting. That so, is true, because he still had the cast in uh, Shang-Chi. Yeah. So we'll see. We're, we're assuming that this, of course, then that puts part of the series, at least before the events of, of Endgame. But it uh, seems to be the case. But who knows? It could be, it could be a life robot. God knows what they're going to do, because it's Marvel. They can do whatever the hell they want. I'm sure it's just an earlier point. But... Of course, she does say the iconic line, you won't like me when blah, blah, blah. So a very nice, a very nice callback there. I actually liked the callback to that line when they did it in the Incredible Hulk movie and he was trying to translate it and he screwed it up. <laughs> you wouldn't like me when I'm hungry. What? Yes. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful I, I love way, to, way to pull it off. That, that so to me was a... a, a See, I think that movie was not the worst Marvel movie, but we're going to get to that. Give me time. Um, (laughs) The Miss Marvel trailer also came out, and quite frankly, this is one that I'm having trouble getting psyched about. Because it's not a character I particularly care for anyway, and no, it's not because she's a girl. That's And that's why you're not psyched for it, just because you don't care for the character as it is. Which makes (laughs) not... I mean, why would you get humped up, you know, all psyched up for a show that is like, yeah, okay, I can take or leave that character. It's like, well, then, why would you? I, I'm interested in it, but I, I also am not particularly invested in this character, partly. Right. Is because most of the Marvel characters I grew up with. I've known these characters, because I'm old, for pushing 60 years. Ms. Marvel is a much newer character, so I'm not as invested in it. Am I interested in watching it? Hell yes. Will I watch it? Oh, hell yes, because I'm sure it's going to be great. Oh, yeah. And it's a very different take on what we've usually seen in Marvel. I mean, this she is, is she even in high school? If she's in high school, she's like barely in high school. I want to say she is a high school student, but not a senior. That's what I'm thinking. This is this is like literally like the birth of a superhero. This is going back to like Peter Parker when Spider-Man first started. So this is very similar, which, by the way, there is going to be an animated series, Spider-Man, what is it called, Senior Year? Like uh, way back so, yes. when, and this is again, it's animated, but way back when Pete was just a young lad, just becoming Spider-Man. So much more like the comics were when it first came out, where half of the comic was about, oh crap, I was up all night fighting, fighting Electro. And I didn't have a chance to stand, chance to study for my chem test, and I'm going to blow it. Like that's what the Spider-Man comics were like. It was <laughs> yeah. very much about the life of a teenager, in addition to a superhero, that which is what made Spider-Man the most popular character in comics for decades. And I love that they're going back to that. I think that's just brilliant. Uh, they're also reviving the X-Men series uh, from the '90s, the the X-Men the animated series, which. I loved the stories of, but quite frankly, the art and animation uh, irked me. Yeah. 
But you know what? I, I, I didn't care at the time. It, it had the good stories, and I was fine with that. Allegedly, it's picking up where it left off. It's going to be, uh, what is it called, X-Men 97 or something? Yeah, because that was the last season of the original show. So they're picking up right where they left off, where Professor X is not on the scene. So we'll see if they bring him back. I'm sure at some point they will, because it would be weird if they didn't. But I'd imagine that at the least we'll start without him. So another awesome, awesome series to look forward to. And then, of course, next week we get Hawkeye, which looks a lot like it's they're they're going for the lethal weapon diehard Christmas angle. Totally what, uh, what it looks like. Which I love. Of, You're not as big a fan of it, but I love it. it it's, not, it's not that. It, it, to me, the trailer just feels like it's pushing the humor too much. I'm hoping the show doesn't. I want the show to be good. I think you need to watch the newest trailer because there's less I, humor. I, I, I admit I haven't seen the newest trailer. There's just plenty of humor in it, no doubt, but a great extended car chase sequence there. But plenty of moments of complete badassery by both Kate Bishop and, and Hawkeye and just looks looks terrific. So, so excited for this show. This, I, I mean, I have a feeling it probably will be the funniest of the series that they've had, but not to the extent that the episode of the what if the Thor party animal, I don't think it's going to be a straight comedy piece. I, at I all. would hope not. Yeah. It, it does not definitely does not have that vibe. Cause there's a lot, uh, lots of excellent action in this. So really looking forward to Hawkeye. Now you mentioned in pre-pro hi, Ted, <laughs> I got to do it this time. The, Another video that, that Disney released was the, what was it, the 20-minute documentary on uh, the six minutes of Boba Fett we've seen? Yes, it's uh, the story of Boba I can't remember even what it's called, but basically, go to Disney Plus and, you know, you'll see. It's like, oh, look, there's a documentary on Boba Fett. Really interesting. Just like you said, six minutes and I, what, think 37 seconds of screen time you had Something in the first like film. Four lines. That's it. And it became an incredibly popular character. And it just goes into in-depth, obviously, of the development of the character, how originally he was supposed to be a model of a, and this was George Lucas's term, a super trooper. Thank God that didn't work out. Yeah. Uh, and he became a bounty hunter because they didn't have the budget to do a hundred of those costumes. <laughs> so George said, well, let's make him a bounty hunter instead. So that's why Boba Fett is a bounty hunter, because they didn't have the budget to do a hundred costumes like that. Very interesting. Um, talk about a lot of the actors. Talk about how Boba Fett actually appeared before Empire, as you mentioned in Prepo. Again, hi, Ted. That you have a copy of the film in which Boba first appeared. The Star Wars Holiday Special, which, by the way, is on YouTube. <laughs> um, Boba actually appeared even before that, which is crazy. That... Um, that that was weird that that he appeared yeah. but i remember the craze that came with him because you could buy the uh, oh, yeah. the action figures and you'd have to uh yeah. send the proof of purchase labels to, to hasbro exactly. so it was kenner and they would send you a boba fett figure based on the version that you saw in the holiday special which is a little bit different it had more yellow in and, and people were super hyped about that because he oh, had yeah. he could launch his little uh, rocket, except 
and you got the toy, it wouldn't rock, wouldn't launch the rocket. That is in this this uh, special too. They, they talked to a collector who has two of the figures that will launch the rocket because they're prototypes that Kenner built. Ooh. Because of safety reasons, they decided, yeah, no, we're not going to uh, be releasing little action figures that launch projectiles into children's eyes and blind them, which is probably a good choice. But uh, he actually appeared live in a parade with Darth Vader in uh, George Lucas's hometown, some holiday parade, and they have lots of footage of Darth Vader and Boba Fett walking along before the holiday special, which is crazy. It sounds weird. So everyone is going crazy because, oh, my God, it's Darth Vader. And they're going, oh, my God, who's the guy in rhythm? <laughs> so, and it's the <laughs> painted outfit. It's the actual, it's these the actual costumes worn in the films. Not the actual wow. actors who wore those costumes. It's not David Prowse walking along as Darth Vader. They didn't say... Although they did say the is a, a production Jeremy assistant. Bullock? No, it's not Jeremy Bullock. It's just some no. production assistant who they first tried on the costume just to see. You know, he's the guy in the parade. <laughs> it's not Jeremy Bullock, but they do have lots of footage of Jeremy Bullock. Really interesting. It's 20 minutes. And unlike the uh, trailer show, it's not seven and a half minutes of stuff leading up to talking about Boba Fett. It's actually all about Boba Fett, which is very cool. But. It's really odd that this character became so, I'm not going to say beloved, but there's such a focus on a character who had such little screen time. Has an incredible so fan base. Lines. Absolutely. And as the character grew, it was early so, so very, very cool. Totally looking forward to, to it. And if you're wondering, they show... I think uh, perhaps zero footage of the new show, <laughs> <laughs> Boba Fett. But it's just, you know, it's, it's a hype reel, and it's, it's all about, hey, are you excited about Boba Fett? Because we are. Here's all about the character. And that was really worth watching. Really good stuff. Actually, another Star Wars thing, and this came out a while ago, and I paid no attention to it, and I should have. Um, on Disney Plus, you can and you can buy this on DVD now too. And I'm actually going to recommend the Blu-ray uh, for sound purposes because there's a, a series called Star Wars: Galaxy of Sound, and I love what they did with this because something that is very overlooked in the Star Wars movies is the sound effects, which I think they won uh, Oscars and stuff because the sound in in these movies. Oh, I hope so. It is excellent. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, after that, all, this is why we have the THX sound system. Oh, yeah. For the Star Wars films. The um, This particular series, though, focuses on the sound effects. It's clips from all, what, 11 movies and The Mandalorian. And it is stripped of music oh, and cool. dialogue. It is just the sounds and the sound effects and the ambient sounds, and it's just showing clips. And I, I mean, we realize when we're watching it, yes, that sounds like a great, that's a great sound effect. There's a great sound effect. Ooh, I love the way that sounds. But all this is, is the, the pure sound effect that goes with these particular scenes. And I think there's even sound there that 
diehard fans are not going to realize is there because there was That's always awesome. music and dialogue. Yeah. And if you get a if you have a good sound system, uh, but a crappy TV, don't worry about that. You're not watching the video for this. <laughs> You've seen the video. You want this is something you specifically want the sound for. That's very cool. And wow, this so, is well goes back to the Boba Fett thing. There's one little segment, speaking of sound, where they're talking about how Vader and Obi Wan are clearly inspired by samurai. Yes, and Boba Fett clearly inspired by gunfighters of the West, spaghetti Westerns, especially because he even like has a poncho, like the man with no name at some, at some points. And one of the guys says like, you know, he, he should, he should have spurs. So they didn't put spurs on him, but the Foley artist did use spurs for every step he took. I'm not and, sure that's in this, but. And you can hear it. <laughs> when, and, 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 you know, I don't think I ever really know. I mean, I hear the kind of claim, but when you know that, and you see scenes of him walking. Yep. The Spurs every step. It's like, <laughs> that's just so cool. So that, Galaxy of Sound with tons of material like that. That sounds incredible. It is. Um, <laughs> sounds. It it's is actually sound. kind of a series, a series of um, where everything's broken into categories. That's There's cool. nine I think it's nine episodes and they're all about 10 minutes each, but it'll be a clip from, you know, a new hope <clears throat> a clip from solo. Yes. Solo is included in this uh, because it still has good sound, but it, it's not yeah. in any order. It is just, here are some random clips that fit this category. Cool. Uh, so you'll have categories of uh, light side of the force sound effects, dark side droids, beeping um, <laughs> spaceships, uh, I actually and really enjoyed just watching the traffic on Coruscant. <laughs> that would be cool. Uh, because the, yeah. it, it not only looks beautiful, but there is some incredible sound that goes with car. Ho- well, I guess not cars. Whatever you want to call them. I'm going to call them cars. Car horns. You don't realize <laughs> how many car horns there have to be in Coruscant. And it makes sense that they would be there. Um, so yeah, highly recommend watching that. And if you if you've got Disney Plus, I think it's still free. Uh, if not, it, this is worth something worth keeping as a, as a DVD. Put it in your Star Wars DVD collection, which I'm pretty sure you've got, because who doesn't at this point? <laughs> really? But while we're on a planet that is not exactly close to us, I'm going to take one of those aliens and put him on Earth and talk a little bit about Resident Alien which is a TV series on the sci-fi channel. The first season is finally out on DVD and my wife wanted to binge watch it. So the past two days, yes, we've watched the entire first season, which is, ooh, 10 episodes. <laughs> but this is, this is such a weird series. Uh, basically, alien sent to Earth to blow it up, except his ship gets hit by lightning and it crashes he loses the ship. He loses the bomb he's going to use to destroy everything. So in order to blend in, he kills Alan Tiddick, takes his place, and uses that body to go look for uh, the rest of his ship and the bomb. Unfortunately, Alan Tiddick's character, whose name I'm not going to try to pronounce, it's very weird, um, is the only doctor near this small town of Patience, Colorado. 
and someone was just murdered there. So they and it was the town doctor. So they get Alan Tiddick's character who is just visiting and haul him into town to perform an autopsy. But of course, it's the alien who's going, uh, I'm, I'm supposed to be what? <laughs> and basically, it's an entire series based around that. And the, yes, there are parts of it that get, for me, entirely too silly. But for the most part, this is actually, I'm not going to say it's grounded, because it, it is a comedy. But it does have some great drama stuff in it. It has a lot of dysfunctional characters. Um, but th they're fun to play with and fun to watch. Um, so, yeah, Resident Alien, it actually, something that threw me off, because I haven't watched anything on Sci-Fi Channel lately, and maybe you can back me up on this. When did Sci-Fi Channel get the uh, permission to swear? Because uh, there's... I think they got the permission to square to square <laughs> to swear probably when FX started getting popular. Okay, because that uh, this has got a lot of language in it that I was not expect. I'm not saying it's uh, what level can I put this on? Chris Rock level? No, Eddie Murphy level. It's not just random swearing. It's it, it actually makes sense at the time. And it's fine. There's nothing really wrong with it. It just threw me off that it existed in the yeah. first place. Um, yeah, Sci-Fi still... Sci Channel has evolved quite a bit um, because it used to be the dumping ground for movies like Mansquito and just yeah. horrible crap. And that was all that was on the Sci-Fi Channel with occasional repeats of <clears throat> good science fiction shows that hadn't been on TV in 20 years. And but over the past few years, they've really evolved to having a lot of quality programming, which is a, a good shock, along with, oh, look, they're cursing. So I know what you're saying. It's not like, oh, that's terrible. It's just like completely unexpected. I, I wasn't like, expecting that at all. It was, uh, it was it wasn't exactly hard to get used to, and I didn't have to worry about anyone falling down. That That's as close of a segue as I'm going to get to your first movie. <laughs> quite lovely so on netflix we're jumping over to a streaming service which definitely allows swearing yeah i watched and this came out a week ago the harder they fall this is a western <clears throat> which is centered on black characters interesting premise is that virtually every one of the characters in the film are real characters they actually existed in real life but that's cool the story has been altered to create a more dramatic story and bring all these characters together, which they tell you at the very beginning. <clears throat> Premises, it opens up. A gentleman looks like a preacher. He's at home eating, having a meal with his son. His son's probably like 10 or 11 years old and his wife. Someone walks in the door, uh, basically decides he's not happy with the preacher and does violence upon the preacher and the wife and the son. That's all I'm going to say. It happens right at the beginning, so it's not exactly a spoiler. Cut two years later, and now the son is out and about. The son is <clears throat> Nat Love. It's spelled N-A-T, and some, excuse me, some sources will say it was actually pronounced Nate, but anyway, Nat. <clears throat> and it's played by Jonathan Majors, who you may recall is uh, the guy who plays Kang, in the MCU, so 
very cool. So Nat Love was a, a real character. He was a cowboy. He was something of a bounty hunter. Uh, he was born, I think, in like in the 1830s. And so this is he's one of the more storied characters of, of the Old West. In this version, he's basically kind of a, a Robin Hood. He steals from people who've stolen money. That's one of the, the first capers is they're attacking a gang that had pulled off a bank robbery, and they steal that money. Well, it turns out that that money was stolen, in turn, from another gang, the Rufus <laughs> Buck gang. So now Nat Love's gang is in trouble with the Rufus Buck gang. Turns out Rufus Buck was the guy who was in the first, very first scene. And so Nat Love is not particularly happy with Rufus Buck because Rufus Buck did bad things to his dad and his mom, and to him for that matter. However, Rufus Buck is in prison, so he doesn't have to worry about Rufus Buck. just has to worry about the gang, except Rufus Buck is going to break out of prison. Ha-ha. So then we finally get to see Rufus Buck, played by Idris Elba. Ah! And the choruses from heaven descend and, and sing his praises because he's awesome in this like he always is. So Idris Elba plays the bad guy in this. He is excellent. Everybody in this movie is excellent, with one exception, and that's Zazie Bates. Um, she's a really good actress. She just doesn't have anything to do with her character. Her character just doesn't have... I mean, she's got lots of lines, but there's basically she's pissed off almost the whole time. That's all they let her do, which is really unfortunate because everyone else has great stuff. Regina King is in it. She's excellent. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield... I, to me, he gives the best performance in this because he's the real bad guy in this. He, he just saw this character, Rufus Buck. And again, these were all real people. Yeah, he's definitely a bad person. He just seems to enjoy murdering too much to be a nice guy. But Keith Stanfield, he's kind of like uh, mm, Billy the Kid, Johnny Ringo, just an extremely fast gun has no compunction about who he kills because he just likes killing. He is so cool and so smooth in this. He is so evil. <clears throat> he is great. To me, he's the standout in this movie. And again, everybody does great except the exception of Bates because they don't give her anything. It's like, Jesus. It's like, rewrite that character. Although, of course, now it's too late. <laughs> With what she has, she's excellent. And, of course, eventually there's, there are several face-offs because this is a Western after all, so we have lots of gunfights, lots of really good action. Uh, it starts off almost like it's going to be an homage to Quentin Tarantino, and then he goes away from that, thankfully, because it's not really done in that style, and I didn't want it to be. It needs to be its own film, and it is. But there's a lot of humor to this, to this film. Yes, there's a lot of bloody action, but really, if you like Westerns, you're going to love this movie. If you like black cinema, you're going to love this movie. And, and the fact that this is based on people who are all really living and breathing, one of the characters, uh, there could be a film, like, there could be separate films about all of these characters, as a matter of fact, but uh, you just need to watch it to just appreciate the stories because their real stories, in some cases, are incorporated in this film. 
and really entertaining, great acting, really, really well done film. Uh, if this had been released at, in the movies, people would have been thrilled. And I think it would have made quite a bit of money, quite a bit of money indeed. So good so stuff. They would, have, they would have been in the red and had a notice about it? They would have been. So another lovely segue. Thank you. Thank you so much. So this film just came out this week, also on Netflix, stars Deadpool, Wonder Woman, and Black Adam. Well, the actors who kind of portray those characters. So, yes, Dwayne Johnson, Brian Reynolds, Gal Gadot. Dwayne Johnson is a FBI profiler who specializes, for some reason, in profiling uh, art thieves, which is kind of a weird thing to do, but okay. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is an incredibly successful art thief. Uh-oh. And he is pulling off a heist of a very precious object. Dwayne Johnson is... On his trail involves Interpol. They get there too late. He's already stolen the object, but he hasn't left yet. So there's a big, very cool chase involving Dwayne Johnson and Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Lots of physical action with both of them. Uh, Plays up the fact that Reynolds is mm, perhaps a little more agile and The Rock is a little more uh, like a human boulder. So it plays up their differences in how they would do action scenes, which is brilliant. Uh, they jump into a car chase scene, which I'm going to go ahead and spoil it for you. It's a short car chase scene. I'll just put it that way, which is <laughs> incredibly smart, incredibly smart move that they did that that way. Um, and it goes on from there. Gal Gadot is also an art thief, perhaps more successful than Ryan Reynolds. She wants the same things that Reynolds wants. He wants to get them first. The Rock gets framed for the theft of an object. He winds up in prison with Ryan Reynolds. They agree to team up to catch Gal Gadot, and it moves on from there. Uh, There are a few surprises, a few twists, which are fun. Uh, Reynolds has by far the bulk of the comedy lines because it's an action picture. It's a, it's a heist picture, but there's a lot of comedy to it. Reynolds has like 90% of the funny lines, which is unfortunate just because the rock deserves some funny lines. He finally gets some towards the end of the film, but up until that point, it's played as much more like a straight place character, which is unfortunate. They really should have again written this a little differently. So the rock had more funny lines than he does early in the film. Because he's wound really tightly, which fits the character. But I wish they had just changed the character a little to allow the rock to use his natural gifts. Because it's almost like you don't even see the rock in this film. You get the feeling that they wanted someone else in the role? No. Okay. Uh, I think they definitely wanted the rock. Because they finally let him be the rock at the end, which is wonderful. I just wish they had. I understand why they did it, because they wanted him to be straight-laced, blah, 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 because it fit that character, but they could have changed that character a little bit, so there would have been more. And it's not that he doesn't have funny lines in some quips. He does. But Ryan Reynolds is... I I get the feeling he wrote half of the script, just because there's so much typical Ryan Reynolds (laughs) BS quips throughout, and they're hilarious. It's great. Not complaining about that. I just wish The Rock had had more 
to throw in. Gal Gadot is excellent. Uh, she does a terrific job as playing. Mm, eh, she's not really icy in, in particular. She's just ruthless. Uh, there are, are some good fight scenes uh, with the three of them. As a matter of fact, she acquits herself quite well. Thank you. Um, there is a secondary villain who's important. I don't really care about the actor that much because we're watching it for those three. That's what we're watching it for. Probably very nice. well filmed. Um, the twist, I'm sure a lot of people will see the twist coming. Um, and that's okay because it needs to be there and it's a lot of fun. It is definitely set up for a sequel. I'll say that. If they do a sequel, and I hope they do, I hope this is extremely popular on Netflix. The sequel is going to be better than this movie because they had to do certain things to set up these three characters. And that's what they do in this film. The sequel, again, just the same writer, same director. That's fine. Would be better because in the sequel, The Rock can play the full character. And they all can be on equal footing because they're not really. And it's not screen time. It's just the way the character is portrayed. I kind of get why it has to be, but. I enjoyed Red right. Notice. If I'd seen it in a movie, it's like, yeah, that, been, that was fun. Um, but The Harder They Fall is The Harder They Fall. I thought it was a much better movie. They're both really entertaining, but of the two, I'm much more likely to watch The Harder They Fall again in another few weeks or a month <laughs> rather than Red Notice. It might be, I probably won't watch that again until I'm just bored and it's two o'clock in the morning on a set. I can't get to sleep. It's like, hey, I'll watch this and I'll fall asleep. So not a boring film. Just it's not there's not a lot of depth. And it's not like, oh, my God, I can't wait to watch that again. Fun movie. Definitely worth watching. Just not a really strong film. So it sounds like we're going downhill. I will keep us going in that trajectory. Oh, fun. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that because I know what you're. I'm going to review because we talked about it in pre-pro, I did. Yeah, it, I, I watched the Eternals movie, Ooh. which I am not going to say is the weakest Marvel movie, but it's close. Um, <clears throat> I think here, here's the problem with it. The Eternals is a group of superpowered beings. And no, it doesn't matter where they were during the snap. Yes, they were here. No, they're not allowed to interfere. It's a story. It's a plot point. You'll catch on to that. Don't worry about it. I think the problem with this movie is that when we did the Avengers, I say we like I got money out of it. When we did the Avengers, <laughs> they, they they were set up movies. Iron Man got right. a film. Captain America got a film. Thor got a film. Hulk got a film. And then they brought them together. This movie has all new characters that, unless you've, you're familiar with the books, you're not going to know. And a lot of people aren't, because Eternals was a great book, but it wasn't one of their bestsellers. Right. So you've got to inter get introduced to all of these characters in this film, plus the plot, plus the villains, plus the repercussions, so on and so forth. They tried to put too much into this movie. As a, but there's not really another way of doing the same Avengers type setup with the Eternals because, frankly, none of these characters deserve a solo film. Um, I'm not sure any of them are that good. 
but it does focus around, uh, I guess the main character we'll say in this is a character named Cersei. And you're going to go, hey, that sounds like Greek mythology. Well, so does her ex-boyfriend Icarus. Hint, <laughs> hint. There's other characters named Mercury, which is a lot like Mercury. And yes, she runs very quickly. Hmm. Uh, Angelina Jolie plays Thena. And if you put an A in front of it, you get another Greek god. Hey, wait a minute. Maybe these are the people that all of the myths around the planet are based on. And yes, they are. Hey, what do you know? Um, so you kind of have a... Actually, the thing is, even though you know that, you don't have enough information about these characters to really care about them. Now, they do develop them pretty good. Um but at the same time, they leave a few things out that would have made them better. I think that the big thing for me that they left out is Cersei. And yes, all these characters are thousands of years old, thus the name Eternals. Hello. But her current boyfriend, because she's broken up with Icarus, or he broke up with her or something. Her current boyfriend is Dane Whitman, played by Kit Harington, who should have had a bigger role because... Those of us who read the books know that Dane Whitman is the Black Knight. We don't even get that in this movie until it, I'm not counting the closing credit scene or end the beyond the credit scene, post credit scene, whatever you want to call them. It shows him with the sword, ooh yay, but okay. it doesn't explain who he is. So people are just going to go, ooh, he's a guy with a sword. He's a main character in the books. You should have done a little bit more with him. I'm going to get off his uh, flying horse now. Yes, he does have a flying horse. No, not in this movie. The plot for this is the Eternals were created by the Celestials. And yes, we have seen the Celestials before in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. You remember when they went to that space base that looks like it's made out of a guy's head? Yeah, that's a Celestial's head. Only in this movie, they're alive. And they go around populating planets and basically acting like gods. And they, the Earth basically is an egg. In the egg is another celestial. And the Eternal's job is to develop the people on Earth enough to where the celestial can absorb their life force. Does this sound like Galactus? And then <laughs> the egg will hatch and we get a new celestial, but everyone on the Earth dies. Ooh, moral That's dilemma. Should we do our pre-programmed course or should we or have we fallen in love with the Earthlings enough to disobey it? There's your plot for the film. I'm saving you about half the film by telling you that because they don't figure it out until halfway through the film. <laughs> and then they fight each other. Ooh, yay. Fighting it's, is good. The fighting is it's it's not that it's a bad movie. It's not. It is a good movie. It's just not up to the rest of the Marvel films. Because, I mean, it, it's got the characters that are really good, eventually. it's The acting is good. Although, I will say that Icarus is a bit stiff. I realize the character is supposed to be that way. I just don't think he needs to be starched. Yeah. that That's the way I'm going to put it. Um, so you, you've got great actors, good acting with, you know, the script they've been given the special effects are beautiful. They could do with a few less 
time jumps because every so often they'll go, meanwhile, 3,000 years ago, we did this. Yeah, that's nice. Don't care. Just tell us about it and move on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it it just wasn't up to the quality of the previous Marvel movies. Now, I am going to say that the th- this is probably the second worst Marvel movie, which is still better than most movies that are out there. The worst Marvel movie, and I've gone back and looked at these, to me is probably the Black Widow movie. And I don't like that because I I like what they did with the character, but I didn't really care for what they did with the movie. And that is slightly worrying because these are the first two movies of the new phase of the Marvel Universe. And I realize we're kind of starting over with, you know, here's going to be the new Avengers we're introducing a whole bunch of new characters, but they did better the first time around. And I'm slightly worried that that's where we're going. Um, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I these are, I'm not wrong. saying either of these are bad movies. They're still good movies. They're just not, they're not there. Two, two out of three. Shang-Chi is. Really I good. forgot Shang-Chi. I apologize. Shang-Chi I thought was really but, good. But it's still two out of three, which is still, uh, concerning as you said and i like i like black widow more than you did i wouldn't put that that low but yeah there's no comparing black widow to the best of the marvel uh, the MCU. actually I, I can drop iron man 2 that low and a yeah, lot of people want to drop 2. dark world but we keep coming back to dark world with uh yeah. do you remember this plot point in dark world and this plot point in dark so dark world had to be the way it was to set up all the plot points for the later movies. So, yeah, but you can, I think you can deliver those things in better ways. Let me ask you oh, a question true. because Certainly. Guardians of the Galaxy, same problem, well, same circumstance, I should say, as the Eternals. Never seen any of these characters before. Not even the same characters as a lot of the comics, which were not that popular compared to most of the Marvel. So, how did Guardians true. of the Galaxy succeed when the Eternals didn't didn't succeed? as well i think that's mainly because when you look at the guardians of the galaxy you can kind of tell a lot a lot about the characters just on the visuals Mm -hmm. i mean you look at star lord and he star lord comes across as a a, a doofus and which helps with the casting of course right um see chris pratt and you kind of understand okay that's what this character is gonna be like you see see gamora gamora green a uh, green-skinned woman, yeah, okay, she's an alien, moves around a lot, has knives, okay, so she's dangerous, you get a lot of character out of that. You look at Dave Bautista and go, oh, he's going to be large and beats the crap out of things. Yes, and he only needs uh, to have a few lines to establish his, yeah, <laughs> the literal, the, the, the literal-mindedness literal of him. Of, of him. And then, of course, and, you got uh, the, the tree and the raccoon, and yeah, they pretty yeah, much are self-defining. I mean, just look sense. at them and go, ooh, there's character there. Makes sense. And I want to know more, but if you look at the the Eternals, you go, oh, look, Icarus looks like Richard Madden, who is the actor who played him. And Ajax, she looks like Selma Hayek. So, yeah. yes, let's look at her more, but we, we don't get to – she's not in it nearly as much as I was expecting her to be. Well, that's not good. No. But, yeah. you know, you look at these characters and go, you can't really tell a lot about them by looking at them because they look human. Right. So, you know, Guardians had that that alien aspect that made you want to learn more. These, you just go, oh, they're humans. 
and there's nothing that makes you instantly go, I want to know more about that person. Yeah, you don't have the hook. Other than, other than ooh, Angelina Jolie is hot. Although yeah, Selma so, Hayek, I think, looks better in this movie. But, Selma Hayek also looks better. Um, uh, yeah. Not having seen it, and hopefully I'll get a chance to see it soon, the one thing I would agree on, sight unseen, and I'm not saying I disagree with anything you've said, but it really seems like they missed not developing the character of the Black Knight earlier. That seems oh, yeah. like. Because He's that's, going to be the, a that's bigger the connecting point later. for everybody. Yeah. But, but that's that's the connecting point for everybody is that's the that is the, the the key to the Eternals to me is like, well, this is who we should be focusing on because this is the guy who for one thing, who's going to be an Avenger. Um, but. He's human, right? Yeah. So why wouldn't you do a little bit more work and let him like towards the end of the film? become Black Knight. It's like, that would be a good payoff. And it's like, yeah, I know. It did actually make Saving sense the entire that he world was not involved payoff. in the final scene or the, final, the big climactic scene. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, having him in the movie would have made more sense. Yeah, it's just, to me, having... Uh, it's like, oh, they saved the entire planet again. It's like, but, you know, we've seen that a lot, yeah. <laughs> frankly. So that doesn't really, people don't relate to events as to character. Did, did we relate in, in, in Endgame? Did we relate to, oh my God, they defeated Thanos? Or did we relate to Cap getting the hammer? Exactly. That's what people are relating to. It's like you've got to have that tie into a person, to a character. And I think that could be where they missed, which is really weird because the director, Chloe Zhao, just won an Oscar for. <laughs> A film which is all about character. So interesting, interesting choice. And it, weirdly, it doesn't. I know they're probably going to make a sequel, although oh, it doesn't seem like they should. I know the characters are going to show up again, but it it doesn't need to be in in Eternals two. Well, that more to the point. Yeah, it's like there, there might not be an Eternals two. Let me rephrase yeah. that. Not, of course, they will make a sequel. Of course, the characters will. Yeah, the characters are going to come back. We know that. But, yeah. Not necessarily in Eternals, too. Although they did introduce... Do you want me to spoil the the first of the uh, post-credit scenes and tell you who's in it? Because they introduced two fairly pop... Well, a popular actor and a popular singer in, in new roles. I know about the popular singer. Yeah. and Which makes sense. And it's like, yeah, go ahead. Because it's like... People already know. I mean, it's all over YouTube. People know Harry Styles is already in this as Thanos' brother, Star Fox. Right. Um, A lot of people, and this one kind of slipped under the radar. I had to dig for this. Apparently, uh, Pip the Troll. Ah, yes, I read about that. uh, Is is being played by Patton Oswalt. Yep. (laughs) Ah, He fulfills his dream once again. To, to me, this sounds because I'm not the biggest Patton Oswalt fan, but at the same time, this seems like a character that fits him in my head. Similarly, I'm going to go back to uh, the Superman animated series, where I was not a big fan of the character Mixius Pitzlick. Yeah. I am not a big fan of Gilbert Gottfried. But if you put the two yeah, together, it actually does work. It actually does work, absolutely. And, yeah, that's and one so of the worst I, I suspect the troll could work for this. 
So yeah, when when you create a, a character who is so powerful that you have to create another one who is just breaks all the boundaries just so you can have a challenge for your other character, you know you got a problem. That's one of the reasons I always hated that character, Mister Mixtoplixix. Like terrible character. Fix Superman, then you don't have to have characters like that. Which of course they wound up doing several times, but. Yay so, for Patton Oswalt. So Eternals, you can wait until Disney hit, Disney Plus gets it. Uh, Red Notice, see it. Harder They Fall, definitely see it. Resident Alien, eh, you can see it if you want to. And Galaxy of Sound, absolutely see this. Um, actually, you know what? I'll put Harder They Fall in that same category. Th- those are those are the, our, our two must-sees this week. And. Yeah, okay. uh, do you realize Patton Oswalt has now been in three different Marvel properties? Agents of Shield, Etern, and what was the third one? Modoc. Oh, the yeah. one we try to forget. <laughs> I was successful, thank you. <laughs> and now I reminded you. Oh, I've done my thanks. evil work for the day. That's, yeah, that's not, yeah, a, that's not a bad record. Speaking of evil things, um, yes, COVID still exists. And yes, I'm going to tell you this until everyone gets vaccinated. That's a hint. Uh, If you have to go outside, wear a mask. Otherwise, stay home and watch a movie. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, And on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. Holy crimson skies of death!